2011 was the year of the Arab Spring Uprising, of the tsunami in Japan, riots in London, Prince William married Catherine Middleton, and Adele was topping the music charts. And King's Church stepped into the brand new world of being a multi-site church, three sites instead of one. In 2011, I'd been on staff at King's for 10 years and was leading, had started and lead, was leading the Jericho Road Project, which is our social action work with homeless and vulnerable people. But I had no involvement in the leadership of the Catford site at the time. So the last five years have been personally quite a big change in uh, how I have functioned in my role. And so I now split my time working 50% of my time with Jericho Road Project and 50% of my time leading the Catford site. So today I'm speaking because I'm the Catford site leader and I have about 15 minutes to speak before Steve arrives and takes center stage. So let's go. All right. The first question I thought would be worth answering is why do we move to three sites? First reason was that as a site we were growing rapidly. The Catford site had continued to grow for many years from the I arrived in 2001, and we'd seen great growth over those years. So we needed to create more space. The second reason was that, and this is a really important one, is that the people here were courageous enough to either take the step to move or courageous enough to release people to go. So courage was needed. The third reason, that there was more land to be taken. We had church planted in Brixton. We'd supported other local church plants, but felt it was the right time to launch sites. Well, today I'm going to look at a passage in Joshua 1 that captures the passion, the sense of adventure, and the huge promises that God places before his people. The context of this passage in Joshua is that Moses had died. The great leader who had led led the people out of captivity, but 40 years later, they were still waiting to reach the promised land. There was unfinished business to be done when Joshua takes over. Now, Joshua would be the leader who completed that. But at this moment in time, the people are camped out on the east side of the Jordan River. And in the book of Joshua, which is a fantastic book to read, is the story of the kingdom of God breaking out into the world. So I'm going to read from Joshua 1, verses 5 to 11. It should come up on the screen as well. No one, this is God speaking through Joshua, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the, to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will always be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. 
I became a Christian at 19. I worked in a night shelter when I was about 21 for, about, for a year, and they used to give us these devotional times. I loved reading Joshua 1. It was the verses I went to in that context. It was, be strong and courageous. Obey the word of the Lord so you'll be successful in all you do. If you are a new believer here, recently come to faith, then Joshua 1 is a fantastic place to turn to, to find what God has in terms of just courage for you, but also purposes he has for your life. But today I'm going to move us on quickly to verses 10 and 11, where Joshua orders the people to get your provisions ready. And three days from now, we're going to go and take possession of the land your Lord your God has given you. The Bible is actually full of stories of people on the move. If you think about it, people are traveling. They're relocating. They're passing through. You think of Moses, but then think of Jesus or Paul. They move from town to town, cities to cities. They crossed lakes. They walked along roads. And the Bible just simply records what happens as they went traveling. Yet the, one of our biggest dangers as Christians is that we can become very settled and reluctant to move. We can become just that we'll keep it as it is. We like the way it is at the moment. We don't want to change too much. But when you think about those that the Apostle Paul had met with and spoken with, and then when he moved on after spending time with them, I'm sure they were disappointed. I'm sure they were confused, thinking, we're just getting going. Things are just starting to happen, and now you've gone off again to another city and left us. You see, when you're part of a kingdom-focused community that has ambitions to change the world, movement is essential. Movement is vital. And our focus shouldn't be on about what's our personal enjoyment for this particular moment, but rather, how do we build for something that's eternal, that's glorious, that's his kingdom on earth? Five years ago, we made the move from one to three sites. Now, what that looked like was 40 people, mainly from our morning meetings, from the Catford site, moved to join those that had been at Downham Family Church to create King's Church Downham site. And at the same time, 160 people moved from the Catford site to create a new congregation at King's Church Lee. That's about 200 people that moved overnight. So hands up if you were here five years ago when that move took place. How many of you are in? It's not many. Very, very few of you were in this room. That means the rest of you have joined us in the last five years. But as you would expect, if you were here five years ago, this is what it was like. Suddenly our meetings felt a little quiet, a little empty. In fact, it became a huge challenge to us to how to keep our creche open, how to keep our children's work running, and how to keep our youth work functioning. The worship bands, overnight, worship leaders moved on. Suddenly, how do we make sure this thing still functions on a Sunday? It also, this was a big one, it also was that our friends weren't here with us on Sunday. The people we have grown up with, people we had known well, suddenly they weren't seeing them on a Sunday by Sunday. In fact, it probably was months before we saw them next. The challenges were big. We'd broken camp, and there was pain involved. So hands up if you started attending Kings within the last five years. That's going to be the majority in this room. Hands up if you joined Kings in the last five years. I think some of you haven't put your hands up. <laughs> uh, We'll come back to that another time. Um, one of the most amazing parts of the King's Church story over the last 14 years that I've been here has been the constant increase of people joining us at key moments. See, when we sent out what was like twins to the two sites, our meetings felt smaller. But so suddenly, 
people joined us and our meetings began to feel just like they had before. They filled in quickly. And then in due course, people joined our Christ teams, our King's Kids teams, our youth teams. There were worship band members that joined us. And suddenly, we actually began to feel like we could function. It took a bit of time. It took a couple of years. In fact, one of the questions at the start that was asked most often was, the other sites are having more fun than we are. <laughs> it's, all, it's all kind of exciting on Dynam. It's all exciting at Lee. But what are we doing here? And actually, what we had to do as a community was learn how to be together as a community here at Catford and what it meant to join together and work together and build friendships. Because where the friendships have been kind of separated, it suddenly meant that we had to start again and really learn how to grow together. But here's what I also view about the Catford site. And I've got to say, I thoroughly love being involved in the Catford site. This is a most remarkable group of people to be involved with, and I have the privilege of leading. So thank you so much for your part you play in this journey. But I would say this, that whilst we didn't physically move location, we have always been a people on the move. And one of the reasons I say that is that we remain God's engine house for gospel breakthrough. It is the reality. You look at the figures on the screen when it came up, 320 people. If you average it out, it works out to one person a week is coming to faith in Jesus Christ. I've always dreamt of being part of a church that sees one person saved every week. I mean, I'd love to see more, and I'm praying for more, but I'm so grateful for all that God has given us over these last five years. So I'm saying, Joshua said this, but I'm saying it as well. Let's go through the camp together as a community and get our provisions ready. Get ready for all that God can fulfill through your life. So let me just think, of, let's think about the provisions we have. We have this fantastic building, this facility that people, generation before us, paid for and invested in. And we extended our auditorium last year during the summer. And you think about some of our big moments at Christmas and New Year and Easter. It just gave us a little bit more room to move on those, those moments. But our lives are massive provisions. The God-given gifts we have, our homes, our financial resources. And getting ready now means we're ready for the future. Okay. Now, you may sit, be sitting here thinking, you don't really consider yourself to be ready for a world-changing movement. But neither did the little boy who was getting his bread and fishes ready. In fact, maybe his mum got it ready. He was going to hear Jesus the next day. So maybe his mum got his, his packed lunch ready. The most important thing that boy did on the day was actually to remember to take his packed lunch with him when he went to hear Jesus. I get the phone call from my kids saying, I forgot my sandwich box again. But that little boy remembered his packed lunch, and he went to hear Jesus. And in the world's eyes, he had lunch for one. But in God's eyes, he had lunch for thousands. In fact, the Bible describes it as 5,000 men, but that may well have been 20,000 in the community. God was preparing one boy to provide for tens of thousands. What provisions do you have? What gifts do you have? Are you willing to allow God to multiply them? The Lee site started with about 160 people. Five years later, they regularly have over 300 people attending on a Sunday. It's multiplication. Danham started with about 140 people and regularly has over 250 people attending on a Sunday. Again, it's multiplication. God has taken our provisions and multiplied them. The kingdom of God is growing and land is being taken. Before I finish and hand over to Steve, let me just remind us again clearly who we are. In fact, I'm going to use the Peter 2 passage, which is a fantastic passage which describes our identity. I'm going to use the message version. 
But you are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. God's instruments to do his work. And speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. Did you know you're chosen? Did you know there's work for you to do? You're his instruments to speak out for him. We're a transforming community. Joe is a young man, and uh, his story was that he'd gone off the rails. He'd gone to church as a kid, but he'd lost his way. And his parents were praying that God would rescue him. And uh, he made it to King's about 18 months ago. His job was in Greenwich. And he came and did the Alpha course, like many others have done. He joined the United group, which is our 17 to 30s group. And in those two contexts, he found a place where he could be discipled and transformed. He is now leading our evening welcome teams. And he got married in this church just in January. His parents came, and it's the first time I met them. They said this, we are so grateful for this church. They'd never met us before, but they were so grateful. We are so thankful for all that God is doing through you. We're so grateful that my son was able to come here and find a place where people were alive to God. Let me finish by just saying our five M's at King's. Mercy, mission, maturity, ministry, multiplication. We are a remarkable community. Mercy is the first one. Every week at the feast, over 100 people get a three-course meal, a safe place to meet with others and hear the gospel message. We provide housing for 31 men and women to provide stability and move away from homelessness and addiction. At Christmas, we get the entire church involved in providing hampers for families in need. We make a massive difference when it comes to mercy. The second is mission. The Alpha Course provides a context for thousands to ask the most important questions about life. You think of Christmas and Easter when thousands packed in here to hear the message of Christ. In recent weeks, I'm thrilled when we've seen people responding to faith in Jesus Christ on Sunday meetings. So mission, we are committed to mission. The third is maturity. I think our structure of groups has breathed new life into who we are as a community together. Significant numbers of people are involved in our groups every week, making a connection, and that's fantastic. So maturity is our third. Fourth is ministry. Whether it's providing support for mums of young children at Rainbow Rhymes, Wednesday Welcome provides gospel opportunity for those who are older, the marriage course allowing couples to invest in their relationship, the prayer ministry team who serve us week by week, our monthly pastoral care clinic. Throughout this church, we are ministering to probably thousands and thousands of people across each year. And the fifth one is multiplication. We've sent many times before, and we'll send people again. People moving to the, in the UK and moving overseas. And also, we need to continue to multiply within our own ranks, getting the provisions ready. So, so multiplying the number of people in our children's work and youth work, our worship bands, our welcome teams, our leaders in every area. Because we know that when the time comes to go, we need to have provisions ready to keep on building here at the Kaffir site. So multiplication is our fifth M. So are you ready? Are you ready to put aside personal comfort and willing to break camp to go on this amazing adventure together? I'm going to hand over to Steve, our senior pastor, who's going to take us on from here. So let's welcome Steve as he comes up to speak. Well, uh, thank you for that welcome, and I was really enjoying listening to uh, Simon there. I felt he was just getting ahead of steam up and could have carried on. 
uh, but it's been my joy to travel around uh, the church this morning and just give my perspective on what God has done amongst us over the last uh, five years. I want to welcome you if you're new to King's. Maybe your first week or been coming a few weeks. Great to have you here. Hope you don't mind us just marking this moment as we give thanks to God for all he's done amongst us in our recent history. Um, I've led the church over 20 years and in the first uh, 15, 14, 15 years, the church grew every year and we got to a point where we were just full on the Catford site here and we had a decision to make. Do we just kind of settle and are happy with that or do we reach again? Do we, in, in fact, break camp? And uh, uh, that's what we decided to do and we uh, launched out and as you know, we now have sites in Lee and Downham and of course here at uh, Catford. So that's what we're celebrating. Let me read the scripture to you. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. I mean, obviously for Joshua, this is a whole new moment of leadership and it's a big challenge, but he's fulfilling prophetic promise. God has promised land But he's got to lead the people into a new season, a new era. And he does that with great courage. And you know the story. They cross the Jordan. There are battles ahead. Uh, Jericho's coming. uh, But they establish uh, the land. Uh, We we felt like that some five years ago when we had got to this place. And we decided, uh, firstly, that we were approached. There's a massive building in Lee. Would you be interested in buying that because you've run out of space? So we said, yeah, we'll have a look at that. And in the end, got involved in a massive, massive multi-million pound building project again. And then the church in Downham said, would you come over and help us? So we said, fine. And so we suddenly went from one a church with three meetings on one site into a new era. And um, I don't think we really knew what we were taking on. It's reminded me at times of how, about having three sons leading this church. I mean, I do have three sons, as you know. I have Ben, Josh, and Sam. Well, sometimes it's like having Catford, Downham, and Lee. And sometimes people go, they go, I just, you're giving more sweets to Downham. You're giving more sweets to Downham. And, and um, you, you spend more time with the people at Lee. You spend more time, Joshua, than you do with Samuel, and things like this. And you're parenting your fathering, you're pastoring a church that's going through radical kind of transition. It's a whole new era. Now, a a bit unlike the passage, I am not dead. Moses hasn't died. Uh, I I don't intend to do that for a while. Uh, But it was, God willing, uh, it was a, uh, a completely new era. Bill Gates says you can overestimate what you can achieve in one year and underestimate what you can achieve in five years. And we can look with some perspective now on what God has done amongst us. It is remarkable. Um, And it's at times been very challenging, but we can see the blessing of God. And that's what we want to do. And uh, uh, at each meeting today, each site leader has shared a little bit of their story, particularly related to this site. This site gave hugely in people, leadership, and finances, and continues to do that for our mission, our our sense of prophetic promise of the land we feel God's called us to take. But it has transformed this church this last five years. We are a very different community than we were five years ago. Uh, Five years ago, and these numbers are just helpful indicators. Of course, behind every number is a person, uh, just as Simon told that great story about Joe. 
But um, uh, uh, just uh, in the year approaching, uh, oh, the year before we went multi-site, there would be about 990 people on average at King's. Easter Day or a big dedication would have about 1,100 here. It was great. And this year, we now average over 1,400 on a Sunday, and a big day is over 1,700. That, that statistic alone, is a, it changes a lot on how you do church. You add in the complexity of multi-site, and not three meetings, but six meetings. I mean, it really does mean that the church we're a part of is very different. The, um, the sites at Lee and Downham are both doubled in size. Now listen to this statistic. This statistic came from the church survey that you so willingly filled in. I found this out this week, and I still haven't recovered from it. Okay, listen to this, and, and, and dwell on it over the coming days. 57, between 57 and 60% of the church were not attending five years ago. That is, six, that is 800 people were not coming to this church over five years ago. In fact, how many of you here have joined Kings in the last five years since we've become a multi-site church? Put your hand up. Well, right, nice and how. Or maybe you're just visiting today. The vast majority of this room, I would say maybe 60, 70% of it, weren't attending the church. I mean, that is that alone from a point of view of... That means you have not heard something I preached six years ago. Which is quite good news because I was thinking to suggest I could just sort of... <laughs> roll out and you know no preparation i just have a five-year cycle okay because those of you who were here you can't remember what i said anyway so um but just such is the change in the church one of the most encouraging things as simon alluded to that you know in the last term in our transform series uh 90 of our adult sunday attendance were in groups last term that's fantastic Probably the most challenging aspect of this new era has been in the area of our leadership in fact, two and a half, two years into being a multi-site church, we literally hit the wall. I've been preaching live five times uh, on a Sunday, too often. They've actually done some research that if you do that, in the end, it does psychological harm to you. Okay, it is not good for you because of the adrenaline and the, yeah. And uh, we literally hit the wall. And we had to walk through one of the most difficult times we've walked through as a church, which was we had to re-engineer the whole of our pastoral and the whole of our administrative stuff, which is difficult enough in a corporate context, but in a family, it's really tricky. Yeah? <laughs> because you, you, you want to do it pastorally and well. And uh, so we took a whole year to do it. And it meant a whole group of our team left and a whole group of new people joined. Such was the kind of new era we're in, the new leadership challenge we faced. So Nick Ferguson, our youth pastor, left. Nick's a great guy. He's recently con uh, we've recently reconnected. He phoned up, said, could he come and chat? We've had a couple of lunches together. He's an elder in a church in Gloucester doing so well. I hope to get him back to preach here through the day on the Catford site soon. And, um, but he moved. And then David Misselbrook, who... Uh, if you've been here in the length, uh, for any length of time, I know David and Ruth. Now in Bahrain, David was one of the key trustees, one of my close advisors for 20 years. He, he moved. Ben Welshman, who was leading our Downham site, is now an elder and pastor in a New Frontiers church in Bristol. Martin Alley retired and moved to Salisbury with his wife Ruth. You remember Martin? We now hear that Martin is advising that church on multi-site. 
So he's become the strategic gift to that church. Now, Martin had many strengths, pastoral and things like that, but we used to laugh about his strategic gift. Now he is the expert on multi-site. Uh, well done, Martin. Of course, Mick Taylor, who preached here last week, now pastoring in Bournemouth. And of course, the sad, but the, the right news that Robert felt was time to move on. This, this is one of the big challenges we face. And of the scale of church we are now is that you have this huge movement going on. 800 new people in five years and pastors moving. And one of the things that we've got to do is kind of adjust into this, this new era. At the same time, we've had loads of great people join us. So Tristan, who is our executive pastor and is going to lead the lease site soon. Charles, outstanding young leader, has he done so well. Gulam, who was on the site here, went to lead to help there. Neil, who's been leading worship. Cindy, where's Cindy? Is she here? Uh, well, she's phenomenal. I won't embarrass her again. She'll, what a great leader she is. Andy Floyd, who has become a trainee pastor at Lee. And then we changed also our whole governance and all our elders and trustees with Simon Lindley and Ayo uh, becoming elders. Aussie in the middle there become one of our trustees. William DL and Quaker becoming elders. So that even how we oversee and lead the church was radically repositioned through this five-year period. That is quite a lot of change, folks. And that's why occasionally you think, oh, <gasps> Yeah, and hundreds of people joining and people moving. If you get to a church of this size, you have people. I, I have people come out to me nearly every week saying, thanks, Steve, you're a great pastor. We're leaving. And a little bit, oh, my God, I'm leaving. And then someone else you've never met before. And they're looking at you and you're thinking, I wonder what they're thinking. And uh, they're thinking, I wonder what he's thinking. And you've got all this movement. And it's a part of the new era. Secondly, Joshua led the people into new land and he had battles coming he had a jericho coming you know this was military occupation so they're going to take land and they had jericho's coming and you know the story of marching round and they see great success it's one of a number of battles they needed to fight i think the biggest battles we face the jericho's we face as i've mentioned already is the movement of people for a time for 18 months on this site we were unable to regularly open a creche that is not great when you're trying to attract young families. Because we'd given so much of our core people. Uh, we do now. It's great. We've recovered. But it, it, it was a huge challenge. Thank you for hanging in with us. Um, the challenge is just continuing to raise the finances. I'm amazed at the generosity of this church. The fact that we're raising £400,000 a year just to service our multi-site extension without taking up any big push offerings. I don't know if you noticed that. We haven't had a big push. I haven't come to you recently and said, we're a bit behind everyone. You know that chat I do about every 18 months? I haven't done that. Are we doing it? We're doing 400,000. Well done. In fact, in May, when we do our next multi-site offering, we're going to take up 20,000 to give away to the Ebenezer Project in Zimbabwe. So please come prepared to give to that, uh, that moment so we can help those who are really vulnerable. I think going forward, one of our Jericho uh, challenges, are, 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 are we battle fatigued? Are we so, you know, if I stood up and said, we're going to do a fourth meeting on the Catford site and we need a number of you to serve, you're going to go, <laughs> come on. Or you're going to, let's break camp, let's make it happen. Or you're going to go, oh, God, I don't meeting on battle fatigue. Look, I come here, I come here for you to heal me up and send me out to do me day, me nine to five. Not, well, no, I'm sorry, we're not that type of church. We'll be wanting to go again soon, won't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think one of the big Jerichos we face is, and I've been thinking about this and praying about it the last couple of weeks, is the debt that we have. 
Do we want to continue to raise 400,000 for the next decade? That's what it's involved, folks. It's a 15-year project for about five or six years in. Or do we want to sort it in five years? I'm, I'll, this is like coming with a health warning. If you're new, listen up. If you're here for a long time, please stay. No, okay, we are, I, I am. I haven't talked it through. It's not like a decision. haven't discussed it in any depth with the elders. But I'm wondering, if, could we do it in the next five? Partly because I'm 53, and I'm really interested in legacy. But I thought, God, I could lead this church for another decade, and then some young guy's going to come along and live in the good of it. Okay, I'll get to 63, we're debt cleared, let's go. And everyone goes, well, yeah, we're, we're talking about let's go. When are you going? You know, uh, um, um, so I'm, 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 I'm thinking ahead. So I'm wanting to pull the future into the present because I, I wonder whether we could have, you know, could we have a, maybe a, a five to ten year period where we really, uh, what could we do together with all that we've learnt? And probably save ourselves some money over the time as well, but... Uh, Anyway, health warning, church. Um, we'll come back to you if we, we go through on that one, of course. And then lastly, why, are we, why do we move? We move because of prophetic promise. We move because, well, Joshua moved because they've been promised land. They're not moving in unless God has spoken to them. And we have done this because we generally, before God, believe God spoke to us. Um, I expressed this once in January 2012 through the Defining Moments uh, a message, and this literature reproduced. There are some spare copies around if this has gathered dust or you've never read it. But it tells a kind of prophetic journey, and which Simon has alluded to in the sense of a church that shows mercy and mission and builds maturity in people and releases people into ministry and multiplies. And then, of course, the other key prophetic word that I've lived with is this, you've heard me say before, the Niagara Falls and the Victoria Falls. The Kings is like Niagara Falls. It's a really massive, strong church. Niagara Falls is dramatic. You stand next to it. The noise is amazing. I've done that. Uh, but compared to Vic Falls, which I've also had the privilege of going to, which is a mile long, it's just of a completely different order. And the prophetic word to us was, Look, Kings is like Niagara Falls. This is a strong, well-resourced church. We are very blessed. Uh, but there's a big call upon us, and it's far broader than what we are just doing here. And uh, at the moment, that could be worked out, for example, in my role within the New Frontiers family of churches, where you know, I'm in meetings talking about how do we plant hundreds of churches across the UK. Now, we do that because, of, we do that because you serve in creche. You turn up early to practice for worship, uh, because what God has done here is given us uh, permission to serve on the wider field. There is a massive vision for us. I still want you to know that in my heart, I think there are more sites, more meetings, and more people to reach for Jesus. Okay? And uh, I dare to dream. If I was dreaming five years ahead, I would say, could we be 2,005 sites? Will some of you go to another site if we opened it up in New Cross or into Beckenham? Would you go? Would you, be, uh, would, you, would you help us if we do that? I mean, that's the, that's the future. That is Because what we've done over these last five years is literally transition from a church that worked this way to a church that works this way. And, oh, okay, now we've got a foundation laid, which means that we can start to think about these things. Um, and uh, we're just trying to judge the pace so that we have enough health, that we don't multiply into smallness, that we multiply out of strength. And then I dare to dream, if we could clear the debt in five years, then could we really accelerate in the next five? And uh, maybe go to ten sites, take some of these great young 
men and women that are coming through that want to serve God and we could provide an environment where we could accelerate and reach, uh, I believe, into 3,000 people. That would be a big step towards what God had said we are to do. And um, that's what we're uh, endeavoring uh, to follow, in the sense, God's promise to us. And so whether you've been here for more years than I have, or this is your first week, can I ask you, keep stepping in. Keep contributing. Play your part in fulfilling all God has called us to do. Amen.